Grace with Kitty. Today I'm going to read from Acts chapter 16. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the woman who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth from the city of Thyatira, who was a worshiper of God, the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. At the meantime, Paul and Silas were in prison. Once, when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. 
She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. This girl followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so troubled that he turned around and said to the spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the spirit left her. When the owners of the slave girl realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, These men are Jews, and they are throwing the city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken, at once, all the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in and felt a trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his family were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole family. When it was daylight, the magistrates sent their officers to the jailer with the order. Release those men, the jailer told Paul. The magistrates have ordered that you and Silas be released. Now you can leave. Go in peace. But Paul said to the officers, they beat us publicly without a trial, even though we are Roman citizens, and threw us into prison. And now do they want to get rid of us quietly? No, let them come themselves and escort us out. The officers reported this to the magistrates, and when they heard that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens, they were alarmed. They came to appease them and escorted them from the prison, requesting them to leave the city. After Paul and Silas came out of the prison, they went to Lydia's house, where they met with the brothers and encouraged them. Then they left. This is the word of God. Let us pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, I ask, Lord, that you stay with us while we gather here, and bless us with understanding and hearts to do your will. Almighty God, you gave your one and only Son to be the light of the world. Grant that your people, 
illumined by your word and sacraments, may shine with the radiance of Christ's glory, that he may be known, worshipped, and believed to the ends of the earth. Through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God, now and forever. Amen. And thank you to anyone who has encouraged me to stand up and share what I can to carry out God's will for my life. As there are too many of you to name here, but most of all, I want to thank the Lord Almighty who sent his angels into my life to push me to reveal his message at a time such as this. And I'm grateful for it all. So today I want to tell you a story about when I was five years old. I had a neighbor next door who had three children. The oldest was Mark. He was a year older than me. The youngest was a baby and her name was Heidi. And the middle child was my age. And although I didn't see it at the time, um, Matt was extremely handicapped. So sometimes our mothers would trade watching each other's children so the adults could run errands or meet appointments. And I was regularly there at their house with my brothers. And there was a short time I was there very often. And I remember, I have fond memories of playing with Matt. We would, um, we would usually sit and play with his Fisher Price farm. He had a barn and all the accessories, everything to go with it. My brothers would usually go outside with Mark and play with whatever games the children played. Jacks, basketball, four square, jump rope, tag, you name it. So for a time, Matt would have to nap while his baby sister was napping, but I had outgrown napping. So Mrs. T sat me down one day and showed me how to thread her needles. As she did her stitching, I would thread needles as she asked. I would watch her really carefully and I would take in every single movement. I'd watch how that thread went through the eye of the needle, how she would take that needle and pierce it through the fabric pull it through to the other side, tie a little knot in the end of the thread. And I watched the size of the stitches. I watched her just quietly sitting and stitching. I was fascinated. I was drawn in. So Mrs. T noticed how I'd taken I was taken with watching her needlework. So she started describing what she was doing and why. After a few different times of me visiting and watching her sew and threading her needles, when I went home, I decided I was going to try it on my own. I found my mother's button tin hidden in a bureau drawer underneath some clothes and inside there were scissors, needles, thread. I didn't know what I was gonna do for fabric, but I remembered I had some clothes 
that no longer fit me. So I pulled a few things from my dresser drawer. I had received some troll dolls for my birthday a few months before, but I was embarrassed to play with them because they were naked. So I thought I would try to make some clothes for the dolls. I laid the dolls on top of the fabric on a shirt and took a pencil and drew a little tracing around the troll doll and proceeded to cut my perfectly good clothes without thinking twice about it. I threaded the needle just like I watched Mrs. T do and I did my best to sew little outfits together right on top of the little naked trolls. Now, for me, it was a beautiful sight. I thought I had done something wonderful. I thought, wow, I can do this too. So I ran, ran to tell my mother because I had this feeling inside my heart that this was something I, I just had to be doing for the rest of my life. So I went to show my mother. And as I looked at her, she was trying to hold back her laughter and then asked me where I got the fabric. Well, I told her, I found some in my room. Well, she put two and two together because I'm sure since she was the one who did the laundry and folded the clothes and put them in my drawer at that time, I'm sure that she realized that I had found the fabric in my clothes. So of course I was scolded Everything from the button box that was in my room was picked up, put swiftly into back into the box, and I know where she hid that box from that day. It left me crying. Many days I cried and cried because all I could think about was how much I wanted to sew. So there I was another day back at Mrs. T's house, and apparently my mother must have told her what I had done. But Mrs. T said nothing to me. At nap time, Matt and Heidi were put to sleep, but you know, they were put to lay down, and she told me to come sit with her. Well, she gave me some red felt, and she handed me some scissors and a pencil, and she told me to fold the felt in half and then draw a heart and then cut out, so I was cutting out two hearts at the same time. My little hands did just what she asked, and I produced two hearts. Then she had me thread a needle and showed me how to stitch the edges as I wrapped it around, pulling the thread through both sides at the same time. She gave me some cotton balls. Just before I went all the way around, she told me to stop and she gave me some little cotton balls and showed me how to stuff them inside so they wouldn't come out. All the stitching held. And then she showed me how to stitch it closed and how to sew a little knot so the thread wouldn't come loose. There it was, all secure, a little heart, a little red heart, about the size of my hand. Tears filled my eyes, but my heart had found its calling. I gave Mrs. T the heart because I thought that was the most wonderful thing somebody could do for me. So 
But a few months later, it was my sixth birthday. And Mrs. T was at the door with a package. I unwrapped the package. Inside was my own little sewing kit in a blue Tupperware box filled with fat quarters and all the notions I could need. Embroidery floss, thimble, tiny scissors, sewing needles, thread, and the heart I made. Well, the story of Lydia is an example of a heart being pulled with such power that it brings a response straight from the heart. Some in Latin, there's a term called ordo salutis, where God calls a person to him through the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit identifies the calling. It's a fullness of salvation. And this is what I found with that sewing. Today, I'm sewing some little projects here, and it made me think of Lydia. She must have been a wealthy woman, but I was not wealthy. She was a dealer in purple cloth. So she not only was wealthy, but she probably um, had some status in the community. So she probably was able to take that calling from the Holy Spirit and spread it out to others. We saw there that not only when Lydia came to faith, her whole family was baptized after she responded to the faith of the gospel. That baptism was a public sign of identification with Christ and the Christian community. And although all members of her household may not have chosen to follow Christ, because we don't know, it doesn't say any more about that, we know now that Lydia was in a Christian home. I would like for all people to know Christ because even though I did not grow up in a home that practiced our faith, I did have the security of knowing that I was cared for. Somewhere in my heart though, I knew Jesus. I just didn't know how to describe that. So, 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says, Undeniably great is the mystery of godliness. He was revealed in flesh was justified in spirit, was seen by messengers, was preached among the nations, was believed on in the world, was taken up in glory. Do not mistake the identity of Christ. I want you to know that God loves you. In John 3.16, he says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. 
In Romans chapter 3, verse 23, it says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Again, in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. In Romans chapter 5, verse 8, says, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And then in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 13, it says, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I pray that each of you finds their calling. I pray that each of you finds your faith through the Holy Spirit. In Jesus Christ, the Son of the Heavenly Father. Dear Heavenly Father, work in us so that we believe and live the word we have heard today. Move us to love all ministers of the true word wherever they serve. Protect us from the temptations that surround us. Give us pure hearts and minds. Bless our land with peace and prosperity so that the gospel may be proclaimed to all. Fill us with joy over every sinner who repents and comes to trust in you. Lift the eyes of the distressed to your love in Christ. Gracious, gracious God, you govern and direct all things and you love all people. Hear our prayers spoken and silent and answer them in your wisdom and grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, today, I hope that you all are having wonderful weather. I know many people across the nation right now are coming out of severe storms and severe cold and ice in unexpected places. I hope everyone is safe and that um, uh, you find um, all you need. Um, right now I'm, I'm getting ready to actually put um, my garden bed is almost ready to start the outdoor planting. So this weekend, that's what I'll be doing. Yesterday, I, um, I have a farmer now that I visit every other week, and he brings me what they call a half share, and it includes enough meat for two weeks and um, vegetables for two weeks, fruits and vegetables. And I have a lovely assortment. It's so big, it filled my whole refrigerator. I posted a picture in the Bard's Family Kitchen and Garden page so you can see what the farmer brings, but it's all organic and seasonal. And yeah, it's really wonderful. And I hope that you too can find a local farmer. I want to tell you too that I'm trying my best <laughs> to um, take part in what we call county by county. And it's something that we should be doing locally here to, um, to, take care of our families, especially in this time of uncertainty. 
where the only thing that is certain is our faith. Things have been changing day by day. Weather's no longer very predictable. I know here where I am in Florida, in Northeast Florida, um, last week we were down in the 30s and freezing and a little bit of ice and frost. And now I'm sitting here in the AC because it's almost 90 degrees out. So <laughs> just don't know what to expect. It's still winter. But I want to tell you about county by county. First, we have our home churches. Um, I am working with some other ladies. And oh my, 28 is cold, Ryan. Um, but I'm working with some other ladies and we're starting up our own little ladies group to study the Bible. So we're, we've got our home church going here. The next, if you have children at home, I urge you to um, um, start considering homeschooling. The only way you can protect your children. You know, I used to be a teacher. Um, I first taught in a teacher's aide in, in the public school. I've been a teacher and a substitute in the public school. And... I watched a lot of changes happening where they were taking the power from the parents and the teachers and giving it all to the students. God tells us that we have to train our students, not the other way around. And this is the trouble we're in right now is that got too many children that are running the show and it, it needs to turn back. Yep. And I, I was, teaching preschool at the church up until recently. And I have another story about that that I won't go into today, but um, I do still substitute at the preschool. I love that preschool. I think they're doing a great job. So I hope I can get back there helping them out. But um, also Patriot Gardens, um, you know, there's all kinds of ways to grow things. Um, even the littlest from growing greens inside your house, you know, doing some hydroponics so that you have some nutrition um, to, you know, if you have the room for outside gardens, you know, whatever you can do to increase the control over your own food sources. Some people have um, challenges. They may live in a condo, an apartment or have an HOA. And there are ways to work around it and keep everybody off your back. <laughs> but um, there are a lot of good resources out there. You can also um, reach out to your county extension office. And that's a good way to um, uh, find some information on what works locally for you if you don't have. There's also, if you're still on Facebook, oh, yeah, there's all kinds of things, like I said, grow potatoes in your basement. Um, I have some tomatoes growing in my house. I have some plant lights and now I have some tomatoes growing that were from some organic tomatoes that had sprouted before I ate them. So now they're growing tomatoes on their own under my plant lights <laughs> in the house. So yeah, and herbs, I cut my basil right there. It's right there in the kitchen. So it's all good. Right work, you know, we got to work hard. We've just got to be honest about the work that we do. Work as though you're working for the Father, you know. Let, let his love show in all you do. Taking care of your health um, is really important. Being proactive and finding out the things that you need to do to take care of your body. And then being informed of, on 
local, um, your local government, informed action, uh, local government is the way to focus. That's the way to get things changed and to get things done. And it spreads out from there. I know we've got some heated things going on in my community and the corruption is getting exposed. And so um, I don't want to go into too much of that because I get kind of angry over it and don't have my folks here to calm me down. But um, anyhow, so being informed, you need to know what's going on in your communities. And then um, energy independence, all the things that you can do, um, whether it means a wood burning stove or um, or solar power, anything that you can do to um, increase your ability to not have to depend on outside forces because we don't know um, how to um, Oh boy, it's a sorry. Um, yeah, anything that you can do to take yourself from being dependent on the public utilities. Um, water is a big thing right now, and it's good to have some kind of um, water system that helps you filter the water at the least, but do your research on that. And <laughs> I'm sitting here trying to talk and type. I don't know. I guess I can't do two things at once. <laughs> but um, yeah, we are just so blessed to have choices right now. We have Berkey's. Um, I just got some life straws because I'm going to be doing a little bit of traveling pretty soon here and don't know what to expect. So there are things, um, there are lists out there and I'm putting together a list right now for some travel things and maybe I'll publish that somewhere um, soon. But we are just really blessed to have um, all that God gives us as long as we rely on him um, he will give us provide what we need it's all about that faith um, and following your calling not everybody has the same set of gifts and that's why it's so important for us to share with one another and rely on each other um, just like my friends recognized something in me um, and called me to something that I've been doing for life. Um, and, and I can't see my life without, without my needle and thread in some form. Um, and so we do the things that we do to make it possible to keep doing that. One of the other things I love is music. And things have changed. This is one of the things I'm struggling with right now. There's a lot of music that I used to love to listen to. And now I listen to it and I realize maybe I shouldn't be listening to it. But then I find others and it's like, wow, this really helps me to feel so happy about all the things that God gave us. Here's one of them. I'll play this one.
such a feeling's coming over me. There is wonder in most everything I see. Not a cloud in the sky, got the sun in my eyes, and I won't be surprised if it's a dream. Everything I want the world to be is now coming true, especially for me. And the reason is clear, it's because you are here, you're the nearest thing to heaven that I've seen. I'm on the top of the world, looking down on creation, and the only explanation I can find is the love that I've found ever since you've been around. Your love's put me at the top of the world. Like I said, thank you so much for joining me and my little story about how I learned to sew. Um, we have a wonderful God who provides so much for us and wonderful friends here who have come in to support this. If you would like to share with somebody, um, please uh, do. And I will talk to you again next week.
out a pour, I don't think. Cream and sugar in my coffee. Right away when I awake. I face the day and pray to God I won't make the same mistakes. All the rest is out of my hands.